Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a therapist based in little old New Zealand. Life is too short to walk around feeling crap, so come and join me as we explore how to feel better. Whether feeling better for you is about managing anxiety, improving your relationships, lifting your mood, or working out who you are in this world, this is the place where I hope you will find some strategies and insights that will help you feel better. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so this episode is part two of two. You may want to skip back and listen to part one if you want the fullness of this conversation, but I'm briefly just going to tell you, I recorded uh, this episode as part of a conversation that was held with my friend Joe Robertson, the sex therapist. We had a series of questions from a little Facebook group I was running for women around mental and emotional health all about various different sex topics, libido, uh, how to talk to kids about issues with sex, when to have the porn conversation, sex aids, all sorts of different conversations that we had along the way. And I cut it into two podcast episodes. This is part two of two. Uh, Go back and listen to part one if you haven't already, or just jump in and see what you learn from here. A little reminder, this was pitched towards women, but I'm sure that there are men who can gain lots from listening to this too. Enjoy. We're getting into some juicy territory here. Um, on some desire questions. Um, Some of these uh, definitely kind of relate to each other, but I'll ask them and make sure that people's um, individual questions feel they've been answered too. So the first one is, can I have some suggestions on how to be a more generous lover to my partner? He's very generous and makes sure I orgasm 99% of the time. I feel very self-conscious and selfish in return. How can I make oral more enjoyable for both of us? Gosh, that's an interesting one. I'm fascinated by the piece. um, There was one piece there. Can you read that last part? How can I make oral more enjoyable for both of us? Oh, no, it was the self-conscious bit. I feel very self-conscious and selfish in return. Yeah, so those are two very different feelings. Mm -hmm. Self-conscious is an awareness of self. Selfish is I'm aware of the other person and their needs slash wants. So I'd probably want to broaden that out expand it a little bit what are you self-conscious about is that about how you're performing or is it about how you look what you're bringing and just you know yeah I don't feel that part's quite clear um but how do you make classic therapist classic therapist yeah I know I know I want to know I've got 20 questions to to ask you about your question (laughs) that's me too Picking out one word, like, oh, I don't, I, help me understand that piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of coming to mind. And then there's what I, that, that for example, is what I call the third eye. Mm. So the two eyes in the body, and then the third eye is above what's happening, watching on. Mm. What that says to me, usually when somebody's kind of observing their own behaviors, even though I'm um, in an ideal world when we're being intimate, we're fully dropped down into our body. When they're observing, I go, okay, you're not maybe as aroused mm. as as we kind of want you to be in that moment. Um, also, maybe there's some body issues going on. Mm. Um, <clears throat> some kind of insecurity is happening there. Mm. And it's worth figuring out what that piece is so that you don't have the third eye and you can just be dropped into your body. Yeah. Um. Making oral good for both people. So it sounds like this person is having quite a good time Mm. and that they're thinking about how to have a better time for their partner. Um, Usually this is about slowing down Mm. 
And the best way to get better sex, like if, you know, if I was to give one hot tip always Mm -hmm. would be to slow it all down. Mm -hmm. Arousal builds over time. It can be fast, like arousal can come on quickly or we can want like just a really quick something and that's cool. But the majority of the time, the body enjoys a slower experience where something can build. So mm-hmm. I would tease them into the moment. Mm-hmm. The body is like yearning for the the most pleasurable thing, mm-hmm. but it will continue to feel like exponential pleasure the longer it takes to get yeah. there. Yeah. 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 So that it's not like with, for example, oral sex on a penis, it's not, um, you could do the exact same type of, you know, mm-hmm. blowjob, the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But if you take 10 minutes longer to get there, yeah, it's probably going to be way better. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think um, something in this um, is, is around like often the pattern that people get into of I'm going to orgasm first as the female and then, yeah. um, and then it's like my partner's, turn and often there's like a uh, something behind some of these questions around like the kind of pattern of what you're doing and how that all kind of plays out in a sexual interaction so you know I I wonder there is there um is there anything that that you would say around how that is kind of mixed up to get out of this pattern of I orgasm and then it's over yeah so that that for me some of what you're saying is and also I think that's a great reflection on the question is about, you know, variation mm. is about difference. Sometimes it's about surprise. Yeah. So we want to shake up patterns yeah. because like when we know what the destination is and when we know what the journey is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not as exciting. Yeah. So sometimes, for example, I tell people to take intercourse off the table so that the destination is different and the journey as a result becomes really different yeah yeah a new a new roadmap is set yeah so another way for example to make the experience better is to bring in another element each time Mm. I think there's another question related to this but one thing I encourage when people are feeling like it's a little bit dull Mm. or and and dullness doesn't mean that you're not orgasming doesn't mean that you don't enjoy the sex it's just like this just feels like the same thing yeah is that they I encourage them to one often take intercourse off the table but in this case that might not necessarily be helpful um but to take turns initiating yeah so it's not the same person initiating every time and to include one new element each time Mm -hmm. But the mental load isn't only on one person to do that. Mm-hmm. So in the turn taking, you only like let's say you have sex once a week, then you only have to you know think of a couple of times a month where you like bring some variation, and yeah. it doesn't have to cost money, but it might be um, you know it might be typical things, cliche things like chocolate, or it might be you get in with there in the shower, you get in in the shower with them, and you're fully clothed. So then they have this joy of like taking your clothes off in the shower, which is just different. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but just what is a different element I can bring to this? Usually that excites the body because it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. And I don't know what the destination is. And maybe I don't even know what the journey is. And like, great. Oh, so the senses come more alive. Yeah, uh, you've now got to my second favorite ever Joe Robertson line, which is if you're going to the same place in the same way, it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Same journey, same destination. I'll tell you later what my first yeah. favorite Joe Robertson line is, but that, that's now the second favorite. That's oh, yeah, good. <laughs> Super useful. Um, thank you. I hope there's some good things uh, in that answer for that person. I'm just going to throw in um, actually... Beneath that question, another question someone's asked around, how do I mix things up from the normal sex routine with my husband? We do the same positions, the same pattern, same length of time, and I'm bored. Um, so for me, that kind of ties in with some of what you're saying. Yeah. Do you want to extend out any further kind of tips and tricks? Yeah, I mean, depending on what everybody's comfortable with, um, you know, in the partnership with having conversation but throwing in a you know a couple of toys is quite helpful mm -hmm. um I I tend to call them actually more like sexual aids yeah so the what has historically been the toy is um this kind of has been I think the attachment that people have to that is that it's a solitary activity or it's mm -hmm. something that just serves one person mm -hmm. and the reason I like to call it an aid is because it's to support the partnership yeah. is to support the intimacy that's already there yeah. so that's often quite a good there's a couple of vibrators that are particularly helpful um if any, is this helpful if i yeah, go specific. for it they will totally want this so, information yeah <laughs> so one is um there's something called the satisfier pro um which is really good for for masturbation but also your partner can use it on you um but there's another one called the jurex bullet mm -hmm. and it's very small yeah. so it's easier to use in partnered play or partnered intimacy so i encourage if you're wanting to introduce aids or toys into partnered sex mm -hmm. then get something smaller mm -hmm. that is less kind of obtrusive and yeah. sits kind of in between you yeah. um yeah so I, I, some people will find it fun to go into a sex like an adult store other people will find that genuinely traumatic but you could look online um, but otherwise those are two really good options yeah and I have had to reassure clients before that you know um when the parcels arrive to you from uh adult websites they arrive in discreet packaging <laughs> sometimes people are very yes. very worried about that who's gonna find yes. this yeah totally I mean I you know there's the classic lingerie thing um and I think lingerie, to be honest, is more for the wearer mm -hmm. than it is for the other person. There is, I don't think that you should just wear lingerie for the partner. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's a good way to get in touch with your sensuality. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, something that I encourage people to do is to just get back in touch with their body, like give pressure to their arms stroke their own arms stroke their legs it doesn't masturbation is like can be the genitals but self-touch and self-pleasure can be so much more expansive than that yeah. and I find women particularly don't spend a lot of time in their bodies yeah yeah they are very busy hmm. they're very like like mentally um, <laughs> kind of 
logged or like loaded up. They often have like quite a lot of deep feelings about what's happening in their life, Mm -hmm. uh, low capacity, kind of rushing through getting a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. So get back in touch with your body, go a little bit slower, notice during the day what's happening uh, in your body, kind of there's this one exercise that you can do, for example, like um, think about your genitals, think about your clitoris, like actually focus on that area for just a minute and go, what does it feel like right now? Mm. What is its sensation? And the very act of doing that a few times a week is so good for your for your mind to drop into the body like I mentioned before yeah and start to be more present to what's going on yeah it sounds like you're extending out the body scan um that people might be used to doing like those kind of like guided meditation things to include actually what is happening for you um in that intimate space too yeah yeah if you're all up in your head Mm. your body's not gonna (laughs) your body's not gonna come to the party yeah while we're here, can you say um, the line that I love the most from Joe about broccoli? <laughs> <laughs> that sex is like broccoli. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if it, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to want it. Yeah. And so it's got to be something that you actually enjoy having, that you actually enjoy sitting down to devour. And if you don't, then your body's not going to desire it going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I think that is such a helpful, like it's actually a challenge. There is a challenge in that for people if they get that reframe. Mm. Yeah, it is challenging. Yeah. So I've got um, a couple of questions uh, that flow nicely from sexes like broccoli. (laughs) We can go weeks without any intimate contact other than a kiss, bye or hello. We've tried scheduling sex, but it only lasts a week or two. How do we make this a priority? So if I roll on from sex is like broccoli, I'll also say sex is like a birthday party. <laughs> I have a few key like sex is like. The other so one is good. sex is like a play sex is like a playground. Yeah. But um so sex is like a birthday party, you know, it requires intentionality. Mm. You can have a birthday without having a birthday party. So you can just kind of like flow on through the day and nothing much will really happen. No one will feel particularly celebrated, wanted, <laughs> etc. Or you can have the party, which requires you to think, plan, turn up, be intentional. Sometimes some prep is involved. Yeah. But very rarely does somebody after a birthday party go, I wish I hadn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to happen unless you put some intentionality and thought there. Mm. And so it's like important to you Mm. or it's not that important to you. And I don't mean that you need to be like having sex multiple times a week. It's what do I actually want here? Do I, you know, what's kind of, um, what do I want? What's achievable? What's sustainable, you know, Mm. in different seasons of life? how do you both kind of come to an agreement about that Mm. and this is part of the intentionality piece is actually having a conversation around what both of you want and then okay what do we need to do in our lives to make this work so for lots of people in busy seasons of life they need to schedule sex Mm -hmm. and sex is expansive it's not just penetrative and that's we can go to sex as like a playground 
but um you know there's more than one thing to enjoy <laughs> and so if you um schedule sex but some people think that's really boring lame sounds terrible uh, however i think personally it's one of the greatest acts of romance mm. that we choose the other person we say this you are valuable to me this is valuable to me Con connection is something i want more of mm -hmm. and so i make it it's like a priority in my week yeah now it's one thing to do that which is a real act of romance and another thing to prepare for it which yeah. usually looks like hey what is the day where i feel the most rested yeah so let's plan for it to be that time mm. how do i rest well mm. you know maybe that is the day the cleaner comes yeah maybe that is the day you get takeaways maybe that's the day that the kids or teenagers are out slash they watch more tv on yeah. that night whatever it is hmm. maybe there's a like day that you both can work from home like yeah. prep <laughs> yeah. means that you will be your best self in yeah. that moment yeah. so there's scheduling and then there's preparing those are two different pieces so useful um yeah and then so sex is like a birthday party and then coming back to kind of a question that we had before a conversation we had before was around um journey and destination yeah. so if we think about sex as being like a playground or like a feast mm. it's it is really really boring if every time we do it we yeah. just go to the same part of the playground yeah or we just eat the same thing over and over again yeah so the feast is there's lots of things on the table and we try a different thing, you know, each time slash we're just like, these are the three things out of the five we eat this time. These are the two next times. Sometimes yeah. it's just one. But also like with a playground, there's usually a boundary in place. Mm. So there's usually like a, you know, a wooden barrier around that boundary. Mm. Bark underneath, you know. So that when you land, it's soft and safe. <laughs> um, so lots of relational kind of um, stuff happening there in that playground. But the boundary is stuff you're both, you, you both feel comfortable with. Mm. But inside that boundary, there's lots of different things that you can try and do. Don't just go to the swings every time. You know, try out the slide, try out the balance beam, do a variation of things. Mm, nice. And I think often um, for women particularly, I hear a, a real... Um, you know, I want to please my partner uh, element that comes through in what they say. And it can be really challenging if they actually step back from that and go, am I enjoying the sex we are having? You're not going to want more yeah. something you're not actually enjoying where there is not a variety that is um, something that you take pleasure from. So, you know, often here, and I hear it through these questions that have been asked, um, by the ladies in the group is that there is this like oh, I'm not doing well enough and I need to do better and I need to want more of this and often there is there are some you know opportunities in stepping back and asking mm. well are you liking um, the sex that you are having mm. yeah the the other piece there I find is um, people have different what I call sexual response cycles mm -hmm. so not what I call it is it is called that you know I didn't make that up but <laughs> um there is the spontaneous and there is the responsive yeah. so we as a culture value the spontaneous response cycle which oh. is oh I just randomly feel like sex now and so keen here we go I'm excited yeah. some people are that way 
you know, they're walking through the supermarket and they're like, oh, yes, I feel like going home and doing a thing. Um, but a lot of people uh, have a responsive sexual cycle where they don't feel particularly aroused just randomly. They feel start to feel aroused when something begins. Yeah. So when some kissing is started, when a massage is started, when some touch is is started, what I call like just, you know, opening the door to get to number one and then usually through the time you'll yeah. hopefully get to number 10. Yeah. Yeah. And the trickiest part is going from zero to one. It's yeah. just opening the door, just that fraction, yeah. letting something happen. Yeah. Obviously consent is important at play here. However, Often when we just give our bodies the chance, yeah. the desire can build. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with you if you don't just like, oh, I just spontaneously want some sex now. Yeah. <laughs> and explaining to your partner, whoever it is that's feeling the responsive versus the spontaneous, that both of you are perfectly healthy and normal. It's just a different way of being. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, you're covering lots of these next two questions all in, um, in what you've just said. So I'm going to roll them together and see if there's anything you'd like to add. So two more questions. How to manage mismatched libidos in a marriage? And then I'm lacking desire and have no motivation to change. I feel like I could happily abstain for ages from sex. For my husband's sake, what can I do to help? Hormones is one of the things that's been asked there. Um, so just uh, uh, thinking about mismatch libidos, thinking about motivation to change in this space and potentially the hormone yeah. question. Anything you'd like to add on, on those? <laughs> yes. So um, mismatch libidos, people often feel really bad about this or there's mm. something wrong with them, something wrong in their relationship. It's always fascinating to me how we think that the dysfunction sits with the person who wants it left. Yeah, yeah. So we go, oh, you must be problematic as opposed mm -hmm. to the person who, who, who wants it more. And we, we hardly ever as a culture identify that person as having some level of dysfunction. Yeah. So not that either is necessarily dysfunctional or I do, I do think sexuality can be used as a sex, particularly can be used as an escape. Mm. It can be used as a way to manage negative emotions, to self-soothe and to, to medicate essentially. And that is not a really healthy way to have sex. So sometimes people who want sex more, I'll ask the question, like, what do you get from it? Mm. How, and what precipitates it? What's happening for you internally that you go, oh, I'd like to have some sex now. Mm -hmm. Is it when you're stressed, when you're bored, when you feel rejected, when, you, when you're like, um, people go, I need to feel loved. And I go, okay. So this is not actually about this is not actually about the sex. This is about maybe connection or this is about, you know, feeling, feeling wanted and, mm -hmm. and feeling loved. And we could maybe go about that in some other ways as opposed to using your partner as a vessel. Yeah, yeah. So Great. more happening there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like cover a few different areas. Yeah. Um, most people have a, what we call a mismatch libido or desired discrepancy. So that would be 95% of couples. Mm. So mm. first thing to tick off the list is you're totally normal. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You are not broken. Your relationship is not broken necessarily because of this thing. It is mismatch libido is not necessarily a symbol mm. of some wider relationship issue. Mm -hmm. Can be, but not necessarily. Mm -hmm. So then you go through the, the list of reasons kind of related to that second question with why things might be, why desire might be low, just mm -hmm. as I've shared why desire might be higher. Mm -hmm. 
So why desire might be low could be hormones for sure. I think if you have no desire whatsoever, it's always worth just going to get a blood test Mm -hmm. and seeing what's going on, if anything is going on at all. Um, Age is obviously a factor here. So, you know, if you're perimenopausal, you might not have dropped a period yet, but you might be in the beginning phases of lowering in the estrogen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Season of life, if you're very busy and very stressed, your brain is not like allowing you to add anything more in. Mm. Oh. If you already have a lot of demands on you, and this is really typical of mothers particularly, that if there's already a lot of demands on your body, your brain is actually protecting your body mm. by shutting down the libido. Mm. Mm. The answer here is not no sex. Yeah. The answer is how can we free up some mental space? Yeah. So what's going on in your life that we can shift up a little bit, maybe on the days that you want to prioritize intimacy Mm -hmm. so that we can include that. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how's your relationship? Do you actually like that person? Do you feel safe with them? Is there an underlying feeling? Is there underlying conflict that's sitting there? Do you feel like you are just a vessel to them managing their negative emotions? Mm -hmm. There can be, I find that when there's libido, um, mismatch libido, that there's, you know, some more stuff going on. And then you want to come to what we call an authentic agreement, Mm -hmm. which is what's realistic, what's sustainable, what can you both um, agree to, as opposed to a false agreement where somebody is just doing what the other person wants, but ultimately it's going to build resentment. Yeah, yeah. And I love the um the term about gift sex, about, you know, avoiding oh, yes. getting into that space of like, I'm just doing this for you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, gift sex has its place. Yeah. So I think gift sex is okay up to about 30% yeah. of your 100% intimacy times. Yeah. Um, but particularly if your cross is over 50, we'll yeah. have a problem. Yeah. What happens to the body when it is... um repeatedly has like a demand on it not necessarily somebody going you must have sex but (laughs) when it's uh got some demands on it that it doesn't actually enjoy is the body does want to shut down it's protecting itself and the way that it does that is through shutting down the libido Mm. so the more that you get into gift sex territory which is just i'm doing this for you actually the more damage you ultimately do to your libido yeah yeah great great answer um, and I'm I'm thinking that we have covered off this question about motivation to change um, and, you know, what someone might do to increase their desire. So um, we might move on to just cover, I just want to check if you've got any additional recommendations you want to add. Somebody has asked, can you recommend a fail-safe vibrator? And you've put two suggestions on the table already, but anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no, I, those are two vibrators I recommend people trying and checking out. The yeah. other thing, not vibrator, but is Lou. Yeah. So yeah. if you, seasons of life, you're drier than others. Um, but also if it's just good for you, usually to have more lube. Um, if it is, like not everybody it is, then uh, there's a lube called Body Glide from Per P-J-U-R. You have yeah. to buy it online. You can't like pick it up from the supermarket. Yeah. It's a touch more expensive, but you use less yeah. because it lasts longer. So prioritize good lube. But also if you're having 
and like penetrative sex five minutes after you started kissing then the vagina is usually not ready so lube may not be your issue it might be arousal yeah yeah great well done thank you um some some good add to cart suggestions for people coming today (laughs) (laughs) Um, and lastly, a sexual function question. My husband has zero stamina. He can last 20 seconds sometimes. And when he goes soft, well, that's no fun for either of us. The orgasm ratio can be as high as 10 to 1 in favor to him. It very much makes me feel as though he is a selfish lover. I have had some great sex before, but I am married to a man who doesn't sexually pleasure me. Advice. Sounds like some very robust conversations yeah. <laughs> need to be had. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what it would be worth figuring out a little bit more about what's going on in terms of the premature ejaculation. Yeah. So that's important to understand. Um, he could go, for example, and get a go to the GP, see what they think, if there's anything going on, um, do the kind of blood test thing, see if anything's happening, uh, anxiety might be might be happening like anxiety about premature ejaculation yeah encourages premature ejaculation really hard um but usually and with somebody who's got pe we we encourage the other person Mm -hmm. to be getting the pleasure first yeah so that the penetrative sex is what happens last um so we really want to prioritize the other partner and sometimes that looks like the male partner with the PE not having intercourse at all yeah so some some sexual encounters being solely dedicated Mm. to the other partner Mm. so that there's a real good feeling of equality happening and I think we really need to be working more to like a you know let's say a 60 20 20 rule so 60 is mutual pleasure 20 is just one person 20 just the other person it's really good in partnerships for just one person to have a good time and for there to be this feeling of selflessness and giving. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, big conversation needs to be had. You're not going to get anywhere without talking about that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And I do think, you know, for people just that, that empowerment of actually talk about it is, is such a significant, like so much of your, um, planning of your, expectations of what then plays out in a sexual interaction is about the discussions that you have outside of the bedroom too yeah absolutely if if something like PE or sexual pain some kind of um you know sexual dysfunction like the body isn't working uh, that's always worth seeing a sex therapist about yeah so I would strongly recommend that if you can't shift things up just the two of you Nice. And if anyone wants to find you to have further conversations, if they want some individualized one-to-one advice or want to come to you as a couple, um, where can they find you and find more about you and your fabulous resources and connect with you? <laughs> so just a couple of ways. Um, my website is joerobertson.org. And then I also share quite a bit on Instagram. Um, so that's at sex therapist Joe. Those would be the two best places nice oh thank you so much for this conversation I love that um I have some new favorite lines to tuck away for my own work <laughs> with my clients and I'm sure that um the ladies who have um put these questions through will have gained lots from your answers so thank you so much for joining us today you're welcome 
Well, I hope that you learnt something new from these last two episodes where Joe and I have been answering questions on sex. If you loved listening to Joe's content and her expert advice, you can find her on Instagram at Sex Therapist Joe. She is well worth a follow. She is constantly posting really fantastic content on a wide range of topics related to sex, and I really suggest that you give her a follow. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love to connect, so feel free to find me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't forget to subscribe so you can see when the next podcast episode is out. See you next time.